Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy. Look all uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio hotner. Oh, cheers, boy. Cheers. Cheers. Hey viewers, welcome to episode 51, Radio Honda, that same podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, light-hearted stuff, of course, barbecues, technology and uh, gadgets. JP's here again for episode 51, Jeez. late again. He's come back, late again, but that's alright. Opening shopping centres down in Mount Gambier again last week. Apologies viewers that we haven't been able to get as, been quite as regular um, as we've had been in the last year, but I've just both been busy, and there's also been a bit of a heavy schedule of motor racing and um, shopping centres. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, anyway, what's been happening, Johnny? Was it nearly three weeks since we did the last show? What's been happening? There's been a few coldies. Well, there have to be a few coldies. Cheers. Because we have to do that first. We're inside. It's cold tonight. Yeah, it's a bit chilly in uh, Adelaide tonight. Um, Got out of the car with just a t-shirt on and thought, oh, I think I need a jacket. And then Johnny said, nah, it's too cold out there. Let's do the show inside. So that's what we're up to. We could have turned the teppanyaki barbecue on and just warmed ourselves around that, but we could have. We've got nothing to cook on it because tonight you're doing the super deluxe corned beef. I am. Silverside. What's the difference between what's the difference between corned beef and silverside? Well, it's just corn silverside, really. I mean, it needs corned beef. That's, well, yeah. is beef silverside? Is silverside? Yeah, silverside's a cut of beef. Oh, it's just a cut. So, see, can you have silverside if it's not corned? Yeah, you can. You can have uh, roast silverside. Actually, you can do in the weather. Sometimes it's a little bit on the tough side. It's certainly not like a top side or a, uh, a bowl of roast, but um, a bowl of blade. Yeah, bowl of blade roast. Roast, which is whatever. a blade steak, which yeah. is quite a tough steak. Well, it but is. Roasts well. But it roasts beautifully. Um, so, yeah, silver sides, just a different cut. Not sure whether it's further up, further down, whatever. One's but not anyway. more English or Australian than the other. Um, I think a bowl of blades, more, more of an Australian thing. And silver um, sides more English. Yeah, silver sides a bit more English, yeah. Traditionally served with mashed potatoes tonight, we'll be doing it with a little bit of truffle Ooh. oil in it, and uh, some butter and... Uh, some cream, mm-hmm. um, some uh, carrots and onions. Onions are always quartered, which yes. are put in with some bay leaves. And tonight, some star anise, not cloves. Because mm, we didn't have any. A bit mm. of malt vinegar. You're a bit worried about the star anise. I'm a bit worried about the anise. I have to be yeah, honest here. That aniseed flavour, I don't know how it's going to go. As long as it's just you a You wouldn't want any of that to stick in your throat, otherwise you end up with a sore anise. That's right, nothing worse. But I reckon it'll be alright, but... Uh, um, uh, mouse turd on the side, yeah. hot mustard, and yeah, absolutely um, have to have that. Please, no gravy. I'm not doing white sauce. No, no, no gravy, no white sauce. someone else does, does work well with white sauce. Laney always has white sauce. But uh, there you go. Anyway, I think the viewers. The last time we spoke to you was uh, just after Clipsal. It was, and uh, it was well. There's been a lot going was on. Was it pre AGP? Yeah, it was pre AGP. It was pre AGP, yeah. and then, and then I, you headed straight off. That's I right. chuffed off yeah. to New Zealand. That's right, yeah. with my sister to take my other sister for a holiday over there, and it was a really nice trip. I very much enjoyed it over there. Didn't see a th- anything to do with motor racing at all. 
Got myself a nice Ford, uh, new Ford Territory and cruised around. Uh, oh yeah, up Dennis might be. Very nice to, to drive out in the open roads there of New Zealand, but boy was it dry, so um, it, it's, uh, yeah, as was Tasmania, really? as was Tasmania last week, and because um, I've barely been, been here at all, and I suppose that's why we haven't caught up. Well, that'll be why we haven't done a show then. That's right. So, yeah. um, I suppose we just need to, you know, go through the three boys, uh, the three boys, yep. the three chaps, that we sort of always... Uh, Helping out and doing some stuff with. Uh, it'll be uh, Al, Jack, and Marcus. So, uh, who would you like to pick first? Oh, let's go Jack. Well, Jack had come off a very good result there at Clips of 500, as yes, you know. Had. And he said, Well, I never thought I'd pull that out of my Rear. star anus. Yep. And um, he uh, qualified fairly poorly um, again, but just managed to, you know get through like from 14 cars through to about fourth and then uh, managed to come through to second for the for the next race I oh, know third in the first race and then someone got disqualified in front that's right Ryle Harris was underweight and we yeah. got chucked out of that 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 race and and then so he moved up a little bit on the grid and a reverse grid race was a bit of it was carnage in fact it was it was great because I was there at Pete's Bar which is one of the bars behind the main grandstand yeah. right in the centre there and it's, it's just traditional views because there's this piano in the middle a white piano in the middle with a pole for the girls to dance on and this is the afternoon oh going, well yeah as you would as you would our songs come all on all you need is Elio De Angelis to play the piano <laughs> it's <laughs> in memory of uh, Elio yes sir but it's, it's a great spot and Linda will uh, we'll get on to Linda later, but if you could just refrain from the uh, offending Linda with the chips at this, oh, at this sorry. point in time. Was that noise? Just crunch, crunch, crunch. I did keep my mouth closed, Dad. And <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great it was a great time, and I actually stood there with some people who were over from England, yep, having a bit of a look around and just watching the crowd's um, reaction. Because I wasn't doing anything other than just you know a bit of moral support and, and, and writing some stuff for Jack. Uh, and doing a little bit of stuff with Alan, and keeping an eye on, on Marcus, which means that it was just another regular weekend to be. Well, and, yeah, well, probably was. Um, <laughs> it was um, brilliant TV. Really, really good race. And uh, I liked it. And yeah. I think the V8 Utes uh, probably turned on the best race of the weekend out of all the categories. Well, uh, that should be a little bit more spectacular than the Formula 1s were, that's for sure. Well, the Formula 1s were fairly boring. Um, Carrera Cup was fairly boring. Yeah, Carrera Cup was very pedestrian, I thought. Um, Aussie racing cars, yep, they look, they they race well, um, and they have a bit of a tangle, and they very well collected community. How they had like four wide going around <laughs> yeah. the track. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah. And then there were the Storics, which were absolutely spectacular as well. But it was a demonstration race. Anyway, so uh, my line, Jackie, pulled another something out of his star house and uh, and won the won the event. Got the big trophy. Um, Fantastic! You'd be uh, happy with that. Can you believe it or not? The uh, the eye scan retina wouldn't let me into pit lane, so I, I had to um, stay on the other side of pit lane. There, uh, I was actually talking to Peter Collins, who uh, oh, yeah. from uh, Run Lotus uh, years ago. And um, by the time I'd finished talking to him, Jack came through with the trophy and the champagne. He dumped it on us and, and, and we went off. So I didn't really need to <laughs> confirm the retina scan. <laughs> but uh, look, I mean, they've got a job to do. But sometimes they can be a little bit officious, you know. You just sort of, <laughs> well, you know, it's you either go. But it but was always worse. Uh, F one was always worse than the V eights, though, for that. 
Although I must admit, in recent times, there's probably not a lot of difference. Well, I would uh, attest to, to say that that's not actually the case. You would think that Formula One would be the most difficult event to get into. But viewers, let me tell you this, that on the, um, on the Friday morning, rewinding, on the Thursday night, I decided to catch up uh, with or Al picked me up from the airport in his dirty old car. And um, yeah, you can read the story of that on uh, the Cooper's website, or his own website. You can. Uh, and uh, so we even caught up, a mate of mine, Rob, down at um, Albert Park and had a couple of beers there. And, and Rob uh, was had, had a couple of cars going around the historics. His JD40 that he'd run down at um, Phillip Island on the weekend and Burnship and was having a drive of that and was back in it for the, for the weekend. And a Lola T70 Mark uh, 3B. And... Um, uh, Rob said, why don't you have a go? Al went, I'm not. I'm having a weekend off. Yeah. And he goes, mate, I reckon you You told me he was having a weekend off. Yeah, he did. That's why I was over there. We're having a bit of a laugh. So I said, well, what about... um, No, just have have a go. I reckon you'd be slower than that Hyundai outside because it's got, like, rear rear tyres the consistency of bowling balls. (laughs) And I went, I don't care. And his Tongan mate, JT, chimed in and said, look, come on. Have a go. You'll be right. He goes, I I don't want to. (laughs) To which Rob says, I'll pay you ten bucks. Oh, 10 bucks. Well, Al said, look, I don't get out of bed for 20, unless it's 20. Very old McPherson sort of style comment. And so that was it. Deal was done. And um, Al was in the car the following morning, but we had to get into the track. And I just realised, I went, oh, that's right. Like, you've got to have photo ID on the cards, and you've got to apply and love letters and triplicate and, you know, blah, 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 blah. 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 And uh, so we're walking down to the track, and because Al lives only two minutes from the track, I said, look, come on, we've got you, got you, got you license oh I've got my license anyway he's run back to get his license I've cruised on a bit went him a little bit further up and I said mate I haven't got any tickets um, uh, but we'll sort it because you idiot you can't get in here it's F1 it's, like, it's just impossible to get in um, and uh, I just said look we'll, we'll wing it so we went down and there was the accreditation uh, at Shed and I walked in there there were a couple of girls standing there sweetly doing nothing and I said look hi ladies don't want to make your day any more difficult but we weren't coming here until um, 10 minutes ago and uh, uh, what's the chance of a couple of passes you know and uh, to get in because we've got to do this that and the other thing went oh I don't know about that I'm going to have to ring someone and yeah, I went of course oh, as you would what do you mean this person so I, I said the same person because I said well I've got the number here on my phone so that <laughs> sort of confirmed the fact that she obviously knew that I knew the same person they went would you like a lunch pass with that <laughs> so a lunch pass what do you get for a lunch pass well do you get lunch pizza bar pizza bar <laughs> So did the Poms enjoy the V8 Utes? The Poms enjoyed the V8 Utes, they did. And we got into the track, and Al got in his Lola T70 Mark III, a, um, a very old car that actually Frank Gardner drove in Kailami. Oh, uh, Jesus, that would have been a beast. It's an absolute beautiful car. Red with a yellow stripe down the middle, um, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah. Well, I don't know a lot about those old cars, but I did ring you, as you might recall, yes, saying that I, I was did. standing around yeah. there and I was absolutely quite... Uh, quite um, quite uh, blown away by the quality of the field that some beautiful guys like the old Didier Peroni candy car oh, really? yeah. bless his heart lost yeah. his life in a powerboat accident he did it was a powerboat in the Mediterranean accident. all ah. sorts of cars okay so were well, the historics one of the best things on the weekend I think they were they really were because they were they were the you know F1 has a bit of a problem the event is that you can't see much mm. Um, but 
you could go to this paddock and there were so many enthusiastic people that you could talk to and not so much touch and feel the cars, they were very close, but just out of a market market respect and the value of the cars, you couldn't do that. But there were just some enormously, uh, enormously historic vehicles there with some very, very passionate owners mm. from uh, all, uh, all age groups. And that was like when I went to the F1 at Silverstone. God, I can't think how long ago that was. It was about 95, and there was a, a Jaguar car club thing with another load of historics there, and there were Ferraris and old Jags and like D-types and C-types. and Yeah, same deal. Awesome. Brilliant yeah. to watch. Not so many egos I found, uh, find around the historics. They're, they're just as enthusiastic to have collected the cars. And, you know, really it's very kind of them because they're a lot of, worth a lot of money. They are. And they've bought and they them and they're home in a garage and just glow over them. And, and they return them back to the public. Yeah. It was a bit unfortunate that um, uh, Vern had a, a bit of a mistake in the, in the GD40. Um, Is this lot, the same GD40 that Rob bought too? Yes, the chassis 1109 yeah. that we did run, ran at Mount Buller and, yeah. uh, and there, and it also had run quite happily the weekend before. But to, you know, in Vern's defence, you know the the track was um, had some damp edges, and turn three he um, he locked the rear brakes and sort of went round, and then it touched someone, which actually ended up giving them a bit of a wallop. The poor old bloke ended up going up to hospital with a pin in his shoulder. Oh, that's no good. But um, you know, at the end of the day, we you know we didn't. We didn't bash bash uh, Vern to death. We gave him a fairly hard time, but we didn't bash him completely. <laughs> I mean, after all, he did win uh, 1979 uh, Le Mans, yeah, Le Mans, yeah, a 24 hour um, yes, outright. So, um, yeah. so we, we didn't say Vern, you silly old bloke, you can't drive yeah. at all. We just he was very tough on himself, so we tried I to cheer, he cheer him up too. Oh, absolutely, as you would be. And we had a few drinks yeah. and a few laughs over dinner, a couple of nights in a row. Just he seemed to be okay. So, but you know, right. after that, we. Vern's going to come on the show and have a bit of a chat. Oh, good. Fantastic. And we'll probably have to tone it down a bit. Well, we talked about that once before. Yeah, we did. But, but now I've got the dirt on Vern, he'll have to come. Well, uh, he's got no option now. That's right. And um, then the third one is uh, Zakanovi. Yep. Poor old Marcus. I mean, he had the dud weekend at Clips of 500 and he wanted to kill himself over that. Um, and then he'd taken um, uh, Gary Trelaw's uh, VZU. Well... It just put number one on the car and, and didn't put any other logos on it. It was silver. And he, after the first practice session, he said, my God, these things have got no traction and they don't, they're all over the place and I can't hold the thing on the road. And, and everyone else who drove the whole went, yeah, that's how they are. Well, he didn't like it and he slithered around the road and everyone ran into him. Oh, or, no. or maybe he slithered into them. Who knows? But that car on Sunday night didn't have a straight panel on it. <laughs> so Mick would have been happy then. Yeah, it was in the panel meeting business. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is he going to go any better next weekend? Well, he um, last weekend he did. Uh, no, race, sorry, like race to Wakefield Park. Yep, and uh, yes, definitely did a whole lot better now. Okay, it's still a bit of a goat track, but um, it doesn't have the cavernous walls of Clips of Five Hundred where you really can get yourself into trouble. And maybe uh, uh, he did, he did all right, and uh, I think qualified about fourteenth. No, what did he qualify? Hang on, I've got a. Piece of something I've written down here. Da, 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 da. Okay, so it's put into in supercars today for their uh, the team report. Driver well-being, good health, team mm. action racing, testing since last round nil. Practice mm. one still learning to drive the car. Done minimal laps in the car. Practice two, no change in the car, just using practice times again. Qualify. New tyres finally got driving close to the mark where it needs to be. Managed to qualify 18th, but happy with progress. Race one had a great start, managed to race really well and on the same pace as the leaders, started 18th, made it to 11th, missed out on 10th, which would have been putting me on pole 
for the reverse grip no, race. Oh, course, well, yeah. which means no damage. Anyway, race two, reasonable start, kept getting out of trouble, start 11th uh, in race two, and drove to fourth. Oh, so that's a very right. good result, mm, you know, nice result of the season so far. Well, I don't think he's been <laughs> fourth in the pack, although he was actually right up there. He had a brilliant start at, at Clipsal 500 in the first race. Yep. Uh, his very first supercar race in uh, in the, the new cars since he was with um, Cruikshank a couple of years back. And then um, he had an unfortunate uh, coming together with uh, Tim Slade in the Dexian car um, on, the, on lap 15, at the final turn, uh, ended up 19th on the day to finish, uh, 19th in that race to finish 10th out, outright. Well, that's um, not, still not a bad result. The unfortunate part was that his car was going in the same transporter as Tim Slade's Dexian <laughs> car. And so, like, I think there might have been a bit of a deal done over the transport costs on the way home. Well, maybe. Maybe. Do you think if you smash up a Dexian car that the uh, team chief comes around and says, rack it, pack it and stack it? <laughs> Dexian being a provider of um, packing and racking systems. And now you're eating chips. I am. And I'm going to give you a bit of a chat because it's time for you to say something. Over to you, JP. Over to me. Come on. Come on what? Well, you've been three weeks and you come in here and you say, I haven't learned anything, you be fired. No, of course I haven't learned anything. I've heard things. Though. At all. Well, you know, I know. Well, what's the biggest announcement of the day today? It's been all over the news. You're Apple, late. an EMI was on a. It's been on the, um, the reselling users. The simplified new viewers. Just quickly, I'll let JP, JP go into the fine details. Apple's iTunes is going is losing the digital right management, which means that you'll be able to copy the content from one machine to another and distribute it to your friends if that's what you wish to do, or play it on another player. True, but higher quality, maybe a little bit more money. Only if it's EMI. But okay. EMI, look at the artists, EMI. Yeah, 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 I know EMI, EMI have got like a quarter Rolling of the artists in the up. world. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Nevertheless, the big thing is, viewers, I think we touched on Steve Jobs' letter to the record company yep, back in uh, January, uh, late, early February. Which has precipitated this. Which is what's precipitated this. And plus, I mean, everybody knew that Apple were in talks with EMI anyway. And uh, that was partly to do with the fact that all the Beatles court cases and Apple Core versus Apple Computer had been put to bed. But um, certainly uh, it was big news today, and, and Steve Jobs was actually there in London at the EMI announcement. Um, and instead of being 99 cents US per download, it's going to be a dollar 29, but it will be higher quality, and it's the entire EMI catalogue with no digital rights management whatsoever, except for the Beatles. And the Beatles are still, well, hanging that, out there. What you say, what you mean by that is that the EMI has not yet run, organised a contract with Apple about the distribution of the Beatles as opposed to the Beatles content will not be DRM free. That's right, there is no Beatles content at all there is no at this there. stage. No, it's not like it's it's everything else is DRM free and the, the Beatles aren't. This is just no no Beatles as yet. But every other artist in big, their catalogue. It's a pretty big announcement when you think it about is a from big an announcement. Implication, you know, from an infrastructure. And also, I think it'll put a lot of the um, the the people in Europe who've been jumping up and down. There's been a particularly vocal woman in I can't remember where it is now, uh, Belgium or somewhere like that. Uh, who's been absolutely going bunter, 
saying that Apple have to remove digital rights management, um, you know, it, it's not fair, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, to Apple's credit, or whatever you want to call it, not to their credit, but in their defence, uh, the, the DRMs have only been on there because the record companies insisted on it. Um, and, you know, Jobs' letter to, uh, to the music industry and, and to the punters, basically, on iTunes, was the fact that, well... It's only basically less than 10% of the music that's listened to in the world that's actually downloaded from sites like iTunes at this point in time, and they're copy protected, but the rest of the music that's listened to in the world predominantly is purchased on CDs, and they're not copy protected. So this is seen as a, uh, a fairly major move by, by both Apple and EMI in the fact that you can now download an EMI uh, song for $1.29 it's higher quality than the standard downloads from the iTunes site, and you can copy it as many times as you like and send it to as many people as you like. So, yeah, big announcement. Yes. And, yeah, different players. I think that's been the interoperability of players has been yep. a big question, and, and uh, you know, in some respects it might, uh, it might give a bit of life to something like Microsoft Zoom. <laughs> well, you never know, particularly the brown ones. Um, but Without going... Sorry, go on. With the the other side of the coin, of course, is the fact that um, because it's now uh, freely available and you can copy and do this and do that, um, it just opens up uh, opens up the market a lot. And it's also a it's a coup for Apple. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Because although they've said other online music stores will follow suit, to get that entire catalogue on iTunes probably with a jump of two to three months is a big feather in Apple's cap, and particularly in Jobs' cap, I presume. Absolutely. And uh, since we last spoke about technology, Apple's uh, Apple TV has, has been it has, and, yes. um to I would think, more positive than, than, than negative reviews. It's all been fairly... Very positive fairly reviews in the US press. Fairly straightforward. Again, um, uh, once you release something like that to the public, it doesn't take long for people... To be able to um, to hack it, and we've already yep. found that you know people have found that the USB port does support a keyboard, and and they have been able to boot it from an external USB device, yep. which means that you know, our storage you know capacity is is now relatively uh, unlimited. Yep. But uh, I do I'm, it is a bit it is a bit sort of strange the size of the drive in it, considering the cost of drives. Hmm. Because yeah, but I mean I think that the, the, they. To get the price point where it is, they, they had to compromise on the drive, and when they compromised on the drive, in the back of their minds was the thought that, well, half of that data is already going to be on the computer, so we don't need a lot of drive space to store TV programs. No, I wouldn't agree with you on that. Well, that's the, way the, I, that's the way I read it. Fair enough. Um, uh, but uh, the... The reliance on the 802.11n network or, or, or lower speed G yep. may not be fast enough to be able to deliver a suitable ex user experience without like uh, image degradation. Just the fact that you just can't get the stuff across there because. So the, what do you have what, to do then? I think that you know there has to be a minimum standard of um, of a certain computer, or you, if you don't have a decent enough yep. network. You know, and not much. There isn't much NSPEC network around. You know, you just have, you just hit the nail on the head when you said you have to have a decent computer. That's right. 
but so but they're not but they're not buy a new one yeah, and that's I know, where it's all driven from know, but, and know, you that, know that, that was like yeah it. but it's but it pisses people off because it's sort it of it's like this sort of you know it's like these are these if you put these tires on your car you will never spin out ever again we'll guarantee that you will stop except you're going to have to spend this money on all these wheels but we never told you that until you went to get the time because there's yeah. this tiny little you're lock right. nut you know it mm. just yeah. and it just it it pisses people off mm. and so and sure uh, you know the whole thing is designed to you know it, it's a, it's a closed loop it's a sales thing but you know that reminds me about inkjet printers and digital cameras oh. you know like what a joke that really it is in the old days you know you take a photo and you get your film developed and you'd be able to pass the photos around the table now yes. everything's locked in the damn thing there and you're, you're buying an inkjet printer and a two and a half thousand dollar computer to print the thing out what a waste of time it is okay finally you can go up to the fuji or the kodak shop and put your memory card in and print the things out and, and that's it. what everybody's doing i know but isn't it ironic that that's just all it is is just self-service photo bureau. Yeah, and, and mm. but there is so much content locked away in those um, in those cameras, um, and I think those digital photo frames could uh, could be a whole lot of use to people if they oh, were absolutely. sold sold right. But that's another story. It is another story for another day. <laughs> so what else were you wanting to talk about? Mate, well, just going back to, to Wakefield, we'll just yeah, I think probably to, should. I'll just finish off on Wakefield and uh, and, and, and Jacqueline, uh, who was down there, um, trying to put some more points in the bank with his with his um, V8, uh, V8 U, U Championship U. lead. Well, he um, didn't practice on the Friday, and so he went straight into it on the Saturday morning and jumped to the top of the sheets just just like that with a ten point six, one ten point six. Um, going into qualifying, um, put me new tyres on the car and just a little bit of a Johnny's suspension change and the car actually went slower. Now you'd have to wonder, well, why is that the case? Well, it turned out that the supercars had been out there the practice session before. So much rubber had gone down that the grip level was so high that the new rubber and combined with the rubber down on the track and the suspension change meant that the car went slower. And 13 oh. other cars were quicker than him, so he qualified 14th. Um, hmm. That managed to, to get him, uh, anyway, he started from there and got up to... to um, uh, seventh in the first race, started uh, eighth in the first race, started seventh, um, then got uh, got had a, a brake problem and for a moment went off a little bit. And anyway, ended up the weekend eighth, and it's just another scenario. Just we've never been to Wakefield Park and had a good weekend. Mm. And everyone would so have thought it been likely to happen. No, I don't think so. But everyone <laughs> would have thought that's three in a row. Yeah, and uh, the. Because the first time I went there um, uh, with with Alan, Alan punted him off. Yep. And last year That's was, right. It oh, it's just the way it was. Oh, well. They like each other. <laughs> they like each other now. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, what's Al been doing? Al's um, just coming back. He's on a plane now. Come back from um, the official Le Mans test, test at yeah. uh, Paul Ricard in, with Virgo with him and Ron Bell and he's, they were second, the second fastest in uh, GT2 category in the Ferrari 430 GT2 that's a good result it was indeed uh, only the only person to beat him was uh, current 2006 GT2 champion Mark Lieb and uh, his uh, co uh, his partner uh, Xavier Pompidou who also drove oh. with Jack Ellsgood yes. last yes, year yes, uh, also but thirsty at the bar 
Um, in a Porsche 997, but for, they're both full factory cars, so like they've got you know uh, the Pirelli tyre set up, or Michelin, I'm not sure which one, and, and Al's got Dunlop, so had a lot of tyre testing. So Al's uh, flying back in, gets in the morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go up to Sydney. It's BIMF. And it is, it's BIMF weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's the BIMF, the Bathurst International Motorsport Festival. Let's hope it's a bit more Goodwoody this year, but I think, I have a feeling it will be because yeah. you know the hotel's open on the side of Conrad Strait. Is that right? Yes, and Marcus has got pole position, he's got a place there. I said, like, we're going to drink that bar dry. <laughs> <laughs> when Mick goes home. When Mick goes, well, you'll be lucky, won't you? I think you'll get shot of him. I'll be shot of him, all right. I'll be shot of him. But I reckon it'll be a pretty good weekend. I, I think there's a, <coughs> they, they'll have learnt some, some, some mistakes from last year. And, of course, you're going to, on the first weekend, you need to keep it moving a bit bit, bit faster. But Al's going to be driving the uh, the the Coopers Triple C Maurice Lacroix um, Ferrari, Ferrari 360 yeah. GT up there because we've decided that it's uh, after having uh, have a significant lead in the two championship, two championship rounds, why don't we just go through and try and win a championship? Because unfortunately, see yep. what else been doing, and and he said, "What do you think?" I, well, I think we need to put a, something in the bank here because well, we're getting all these individual results. We're not getting in championships. Yeah, and yeah, it would true. just be nice to be able to put that there. Of course, you know, having one one every time, you know, there's 22 kilos of weight ballast into him, 22 yeah. kilos coming away. So the only the only people that are really going to be a threat to him, as I would see over the weekend, will be Bryce Washington in the new factory Galata. Yep, and uh, and David Wall in the imported RSO. Mm, and they'll both be interesting to watch down Comrod. No doubt about that. Marcus is cruising up there as well because the Commodore Cups car, Cups cars, cars going okay, around. And uh, yep. well, he, he's that's a good car and it'd be a lot of yep. fun. And you, you never say no to some laps around Bathurst. Oh, if no, you get absolutely it. not. Great so, experience. And it's considering that he'll be there later in the year. Yep. Um, why not? So he's doing that. Fantastic. And uh, and Jacqueline. Yep. is uh, co-driving with John Bow in the uh, the Ford factory uh, XR8 uh, arrangement. Is that right? Yeah, so there oh, you go. Wow. Well, that'll be good for Jack. Good for Jack. Very good for Jack. Bow, so you'll be catching up with Bow yeah. again after all this time. Two that logo's oh. on the helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think JV will still have one on his helmet, will he? I don't know. That is going to be funny. It will be funny. It'll be very funny. Yes, did a fair bit of stuff so you'll with, see with, with JB years ago. Not, yeah. that, not that many years ago. About three. Yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, what have you got? Um. Oh, look, I had something about two seconds ago. You did again already. Um. Oh, a bit more tech. I mean, I know we've done the uh, are the you iTunes thing. Viewers, oh. are you confused with Vista? Well. Yeah. Are one. you confused with Vista? viewers well if if you're not a pc head who's already confused with vista but you are anything to do with graphics and even oh, if you use that. a mac you can be confused with adobe cs3 they have managed single-handedly to confuse every designer in town with all the options that are available for cs3 and the fact that there's upgrades and some things you're better off upgrading now to 2.3 and then get an upgrade to 3 and other things you're better off waiting and doing the full upgrade to 3 which won't actually be available even though it was announced a week ago for, an, for until the end of this month um, trying to sum it up how do I sum it up easily? Okay. Creative Suite standard 
as we knew it, which was effectively Adobe InDesign, Adobe Illustrator, and Photoshop, now becomes um, now becomes well nothing basically. <laughs> there we go. So we're confused already. Adobe Creative Suite Premium, which was the same three um, applications plus Acrobat, plus you suddenly got a freebie Dreamweaver, um, and you got Version Q and all that sort of stuff. That now becomes the standard CS3, and the premium CS3 has got the web apps built into it as well. So really so, what you're saying is that the product line manager at Microsoft got sat and got picked up by Adobe. He must have got picked up by Adobe, absolutely. Because the number of phone calls I've had and like, can I just Adobe on? even sent me, like dealers got a special email that said, go and listen to this web broadcast and it went on for about 15 minutes or whatever. And it told you the ins and outs of a duck's ass about what you can and what you can't do and how you upgrade and what this does and what that does and blah, 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 blah. Then you got a link to somewhere else. And it was all very good, Adobe, I have to tell you. But the um, forums very are absolutely rife with like the rubbish that they've gone but, on about just going all about making money, not making us creative. Exactly. And that's, it, it's just... They like, just, just shot themselves in the foot, haven't they? They've shot themselves in the foot badly because a lot of people are just crying. I mean, I had a guy ring me up today and he goes, and I sent him to the link on the website and said, look, you suss out what you want. If you think, like, look at the packages that are available, work out what you think you need to do your job. And he got back to me later on and he just said, John, I can't work anything out from those websites. You really it's have all to too ask bloody yourself. Confusing. You really have to ask yourself, is, do you really need this. a CS3 yeah. kit? Because... Well, well, you do if you've got an Intel. This what? is the problem. If you use version Q, it won't work. Well, I don't use it. On a paid PC. I've never used it. No, I know. And I'm still using CS2 very well on my, on my, my top-of-the-line You're quite right. Power, I mean, you do have to ask yourself whether you need it or not. Because I looked at, like, what the Dreamweaver CS3 upgrade would provide mm. me. The demo was absolute rubbish. You couldn't work out what the hell was going on. I mean, yeah. like, they've been promising to have, like, proper style sheets. Cascading style sheet sort of layouts that were really usable. It yep. still don't work, <laughs> and so I just and, and so they're touting the Spry framework, which uh, which reflects uh, the usefulness of Ajax deployment. Yep. But like most people go, huh? Yeah. What's Ajax? I thought you cleaned your bath with that. Yeah, it's hopeless. Yeah. So I don't know. So the jury's out on that one, viewers. So I think um, Adobe have got a lot of legwork to do. Can I get an education to copy? dumb it down so that people can? Uh, actually understand what they want to upgrade to. But seeing I'm studying stuff, wouldn't I be able to buy an education copy? Well, you've got a student union, uh, got a student card? Yeah. Well, then you can buy an education copy. Well, how much is it? Don't know. They haven't released edu pricing What's yet. it include? Oh, incidentally, talking about not in including, uh, not releasing edu pricing yet. Um, the other thing they haven't released yet, they've re-released um, Premiere for the Mac and a couple of the other video editing apps, they've obviously decided that because it's so easy to write code for Intel Macs now, um, they'll well, re- in the case of it's just easy to just recompile it. Well, that's that, what I mean, recompile that code so that it'll work on Intel's, um, that they'll reintroduce Premiere for the Mac, like, uh, I don't know what they think they're gonna achieve there, to be honest, um, unless you're talking cross-platform environments, because Final Cut Pro's the, uh, the app of choice for most of the digital guys. 
So uh, that's going to be interesting as well. And that's been delayed. That's not going to be here until about, uh, oh, I think it's July. That's just enough tech. I've so, had enough tech. Yeah, tech, I'm teched out. Oh, I'm doing well, let's move overseas. Teched out, teched out. We're going to move overseas and we're going to have a little bit of a chat with International Paulie. Are we? Well, we're not because he's busy in Italy at the moment. He's always busy in Italy. Well, no, he was in Spain last time. But he's in Italy at the moment. But it's actually very interesting because Paulie's got work and been working on a project and it has been embargoed to earlier today. But uh, I did get the press release saying, don't, don't, whatever you do, don't, don't speak about it. And oh, that means I'll, re- I'll have got it too because he said he was going to send me a press release. No, he didn't. But I he checked couldn't the list. It wasn't on your list. You, you weren't on the list. list. I'll kill him now then. <laughs> it was official media only. Oh, but will you, if you cast your mind back two years ago, do you yes. remember a concept which was much like A1GP, mm-hmm. except that the cars were owned by the soccer teams? Oh, it yeah. was called Super League Formula. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul's been running up the Super League Formula concept, mm-hmm. and he's been hobnobbing, as he's in his own words, with a bunch of overpaid uh, Italian uh, <laughs> soccer players, uh, specifically uh, AC Milan oh, yeah. and... PSV Eindhoven, or oh, at least FC Porto, and Olympicos lettuce. Olympicos lettuce. So, what is Super League Formula? You guys, can you all go to the website, superleagueformula.com. But basically, it's going to be launching next year, and it's a brand new global championship. I think they're going to start with six races. And, uh, you know, basically, they're going to be... The, the heart of the sport is about the, is the fans that are associated with, with soccer. So they're not going to be cannibalising their soccer base. They're just going to be growing it outward. And I think yeah. the problem initially, the problem has been with with A1GP is that they hasn't been the best drivers of each nation in the cars. No, They've no. been chopping and changing the drivers so much that people really don't know who's going on. And it's probably been a bit of a pay driver scenario to keep the think- consortium going. And secondly, they didn't, they couldn't leverage business outside of motorsport to sort of grow it further. Whereas the soccer exactly. can already leverage the motorsport, That's the and big, the whole thing's all B to B. The big issue there was definitely with A One GP. The the big issue has definitely been getting the fans' involvement, and the average punter, for argument's sake, who watches V Eight supercars, um, but generally only watches on TV. Um, and that's his only exposure to it. But otherwise, he's not really what you'd class as a motorsport head. He wouldn't be interested in A1GP. And that's where it's all fallen apart. Whereas there's a million, million, million soccer fans out there throughout the whole world, and they've all got their favourite teams and blah, 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 blah. And if you can leverage something from that, then you've got to be laughing, and this is a great idea. What's interesting about the Super League website is that it's based on WordPress blog technology mm-hmm. and they're inviting people to come and say hey tell me what you think right. you know so well you, you, you tell us what you're the ones who are going to be we're, we're turning to turning it around we're making the the discussion of but the, what will soccer fans know about motor racing pardon my ignorance well who knows but they i don't know either but it's clear that they will be very passionate associated with anything which has got their teams True. logos Absolutely. all over. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. are yeah. enormous no merchandising opportunities. Just, yeah. it's just, it's, and I think it's it's a very exciting project for Paul because, and we're very proud of him to be involved in this because he's working with the same agency which is doing the Honda F1 account 
Uh, you know, we, uh, yep. we've always been leapfrogging each other. He goes somewhere, we go somewhere, blah, blah, blah. But he's gone, and, and, and we've had a talk about the technology, but he's used this handed out to the public technology to tell us what do you think you want to see for next year and yeah. and, and leaving it open because previously it's never been it's never been really very very good whereas it's all been very very dictatorial what are you doing i'm just checking and um, oh right okay so so you think that just by opening it up to the public but will that necessarily create better motor racing oh look we don't we don't know how the motor racing is, is going to end up, but I can tell you this: that the chassis chassis are made from yep. our old mate Don, Don Panos at G-Force, no doubt, yep. and the the engines are Menard engines, um, and, oh, and both US-based companies, yep. which are producing products uh, in both America and and England. But that's you know it was put out to and tender. suspension. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the fine details go to the website superleagueracing.com. And I think it's uh, going to... Um, well, it's a certainly a very, very interesting concept. And if there's one way to pull the fans in, yeah, get hold of the motor racing fan, uh, Get hold of the soccer fans and get them interested in motor racing. You're going to wonder now who's going to be driving the cars. It's obviously designed to put younger people into the cars yep. uh, that are coming through. That doesn't mean people who are playing soccer or one of the soccer team players or something like that. But, you know, there'll, there'll be some mechanisms that they'll determine who's going to be the right person to be in the car. There'll be plenty of action, no doubt. Um, and um, it'll be a you know a six race uh, series six six event yep. championship yep. Uh, with 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 two races probably could be like the A1GP concept with a sprint race and then a longer race at major That'd tracks in Europe with the whole concept of being able to expand worldwide. It'll be interesting to see what the reaction will be from single series single um, uh, single, um, single brand. Yes, uh, races like Form uh, World uh, World Series by Renault. Yes, and um, and A1 GP and F1 and. Uh... Mm. Oh well, interesting, interesting, interesting. Good on you, international. Yeah, well done, Paulie. Have well, a look at the work, work. and um, it's um, well, done very well, Paul. Yeah, very very well. Mac Office two eight two thousand eight's coming. It's yeah, hit well. Peter. Yeah, that time. In one of And the iPhone's going to be released June June 12. Quad core processors are coming through. That means there'll be eight processors in the minute. Talking I mean, about the iPhone, did you see that Google had actually pulled down uh, a whole number of uh, iPhone ads where people had iPhones for sale on the. Um, on Not Google. Did I say Google? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't mean Google. I meant eBay. Sorry eBay have pulled down a number of ads for iPhones that people have posted that promised delivery about two months before Apple's official launch. And um, apparently they were made aware of the fact that these guys had these iPhones for sale and uh, it's obviously just purely a money-making exercise. They can't guarantee delivery at all because Apple aren't even going to be shipping the product by, by then. So they just pulled them down, which is good because it's... Uh, that comes back to the power of the people again as well. That uh, the feedback's there, and and the, the the punders on the site are actually uh, controlling what goes on. There I was, viewers, last Wednesday afternoon. No, Tuesday afternoon. Was it been Tuesday? Wednesday afternoon. No, it was Wednesday afternoon. There I was, flew over to Melbourne Wednesday afternoon. A moment's notice. Had to go down to uh, to Taswija. Oh, that's right. You said you were, yeah. 
and uh, had a phone call from from Rob, Lola Rob. Yep. He were, and it was a bit crackling there, and we were, you know, in the, down there, and sitting around having a beer in the Virgin Bar. And uh, he's anyway. When I finally got into a clear zone, he goes, "What do you, what, what do you want for dinner? You're the chef." And I went, "The three um, ribeyes." Well, I didn't actually know that we would be travelling out to his uh, his, uh, his estate, which is about forty k's out of Launceston. Right. And of course, uh, that you know prohibits going out to dinner. So true to form, Rob went and found a, a really good country butcher and got five ribeyes and they were beautiful thick little suckers and a whole bunch of different dishes and nats and you know, onions and potatoes and all that yep. sort of stuff and I went and, and we went down to the to the to the to the, the house and it's a, it's a lovely big country place with a beautiful old country kitchen just the sort of thing and it was quite nippy and he chucked a couple of fire logs on and, <laughs> and I was sent to the kitchen well I didn't mind the challenge because uh, I thought, what am I going to do here? Uh, how about we just roast the whole bloody lot? Oh, yeah. So, viewers, I got the carrots and I got the onions. Well, they were those uh, French shallots. Oh, beautiful. Whole? Yes, whole. Yeah. Oh, just took top to go. Of, oh, a massive amount of garlic over on mm. one side and some parsnips and, and this and that. And, and just chucked them in, let them, let them go, and then got, the, got a, a, a nice hot griddle. Put the big steaks down, ka-ching, ka-ching, get the shapes and colours on there, and put them in and bake them. And ah, oh, that was a beautiful night. It was good. Yep, it was a good. Was night. that Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Well, there you go. See, I was eating ribeyes on Tuesday night last week at Mount Gambier because they changed the menu down at the good old Commodore, and uh, they did a beautiful job of those too. They were spectacular. They were quite thick little suckers too. At the where? Oh yes, you were down yeah. south. This the supermarket. Yeah. That's right. I would have thought the Lisa supermarket would have given you a nice steak take home. Nah, get out of here. They don't have nice steaks in supermarkets. You've got to go to a good butcher. I'll have to come down for a trip one day. Oh, you will. It's you been a long time. You did once before. Yeah, it has been a long time, hasn't it? I do. Um, and even my neighbours across the road know, know old Sue Waite from the Narraport Hill. Well, there you go. Where Russ goes and has a little and, bit of a steak. And while we're on the uh, subject of food then and cooking and you're boasting, well, mate, I have to tell you, I cooked the most deluxe vindaloo on Sunday that I've ever managed to do. Excellent. I wanted to get it to the same sort of standard as like Jasmine's or the Tandoori oven or whatever and I reckon I finally achieved it. Tell us your secret JP. Well I've got this hot and spicy cookbook and it had a vindaloo recipe in there but it was for chicken and I thought mm, well the sauce should be the same. The paste you know you're making it up you're doing this you're doing that and it was right down to bare bones ingredients like a uh, little bit of um, uh, powdered clove and uh, all the usual turmeric and all that sort of stuff that you use in, uh, in Indian. And then, you know, I just put a few other bits and pieces in there, lots of garlic, about three cloves of garlic. And I have to say that it, we've got this slow cooker now. Lanny went out and bought one of these slow cookers. It's a sunbeam. Um, stainless steel jobby looks very deluxe oval sort of shape big and um, just got it all cooked up and just let it sit there for about five hours just simmering really really gently with the lid on and melts in your mouth just the right amount of heat very very flavoursome so I'm absolutely wrapped to the extent that I've actually did double and half of it we've frozen and we're taking it away at Easter because we're going down with some friends to um, Port Elliot. Oh, really? 
and uh, we're all taking it in turns to cook and our meal's already cooked, right? Vindaloo when we're cooking. So there you go. Yes, I, well, I, I look forward to tasting the um, tasting that uh, spicy little number. And, we will, uh, and I'll try and do some butter chicken to go with it. But have you... Mate, I've found the secret of Thai cooking, and that's May Ploy. Who? May Ploy. Who's she? Well, she's, she's, a, she's a chef. She's and a she chef. makes all these... Let, allow me to just get them out of the cupboard. Oh, Johnny's gone for a run to the kitchen, viewers. Oh, yes. And it's interesting. May Ploy. M-A-E-P-L-O-Y. Now, there are five in the set, viewers. Is that a bit, a bit like Mrs. Patak when okay. you're doing India? Nah, nah, but notice that you open it up. Yeah. It's in plastic, right? So oh, right. It, it's already sealed, ready to go. $2.60 for that. Panang, panang. Okay, this one's a little uh, masaman. Add the potatoes and beef to that one. Yellow, milder with chicken. And red, the hottie. And in the, in the fridge yeah. is Mr. Green. Now, how much do you expect to pay for those? $2.60 at the markets in yeah. town. Go to Burnside, $4.80. Are you kidding me? Woolies, $3.80. Yeah? Mmm. Oh, a bit of a conspiracy here on what we think we can get away with at the supermarkets, obviously. Oh, it's Miss Bris Vegas. It is. Hello. 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 How are you going? When did you get in? He's showing his May ploys off. Yeah. Yeah. And Rusty's sausages come back in. She's in the bag. She's been having a big day. Big day. Hello, big little day for dog. My dog's in your bag. Oh, it's cold. Oh, dear. So what else we got? What are we finishing well, up I with? I think we're just, just about through. done, aren't we? I think we're just Oh, now listen, I talk. Oh, well, we'll stick on cooking for two seconds and we'll sort of segue into cars. Have you got anything to say? Miss Have Pre you got anything to say? Not really? Yeah. Well, I've got to talk about something now that I heard and I forgot to mention on the last show. And it is our show to a T. Absolutely. No, I don't want to know about that. Our show to a T. Because it combines the best of everything. It combines drinking beer, driving, and toilet humour. Now, you know, I mean, what else could sum up Radio Hotlap better than that? Carry on Hotlap. So, you're going to, well, you've got to ask me what it is. What, what is it? Well, some genius in New Mexico has invented a device called, I'm not telling you what it's called because I don't even know what it's called myself, but you know the little toilet lollies that you get in the urinal? Oh, yes. Right? They've invented a plastic case that you put the toilet lollies in. Mm -hmm that just sits and lurks in the urinal, in the pub. Right. Uh, and then you've had two beers and you're thinking about going home, but you decide to stay for a roadie with one of your mates. So you wander into the pub and this little toilet lolly dispenser's got a motion sensor in it. Right. And it goes, hey, big boy, <laughs> you look like you've had a few beers. Are you sure you're safe to drive home? Or do you think you should get one of your buddies who hasn't been drinking to drive you? Or maybe call a cab? Well, isn't that brilliant? But wouldn't they all be talking out of sync with each other at the end of the night? Well, well everyone's in there. But the best thing would be that, like in Australia, if you put something like that in a, in a thing, 
all the blokes would have 15 pints, so they'd all be in there pissing on it at the one time, trying to make it go, and just drowning it. I think it's just fantastic. It is a good idea. It is. It's very clever. We've got to send a few Cheerios out to a few people. Well, say Cheerio to, uh, to Rowan, who's been looking after me in terms of how many times I've been staying over there, and also Mark... Uh, Mark from Melbourne. Mark, Mark Bryant. Yeah, he's the been, very same. He's also been, you know, come down to Tasmania. Have a look at these properties of Robson. Yep. Some other interesting stories which are going on down there about motorsport. We can't tell you yet. Can't right. publicly tell you. You can tell me there. over dinner. That's fine. Okay. G'day, Mark. Um, but it's come to a time that I think that um, was disappointing. We have to say goodbye to some people. Oh. Well, we have to say goodbye to someone and let someone else come back. And oh, I'm going to start with the... What are you going to start with? Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, you're not sacking me, are you? <laughs> if you come late again. <laughs> oh, no, don't be like that. I think we need a new female on the show. A well, show's been lacking since, right, uh, yeah. since the non-attendance of Linda, and uh, yeah, Linda is busy long, with other things. It's been a long time since we've seen Linda, and if she's busy, well, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, we've well, been busy enough love. ourselves that we're not getting... Uh, we're not getting any love. ...the same amount of shows. So. Are we getting any love? Well, no, not really, I suppose. And uh, we really need to, you know... Yeah. That's all we can say. So, it's like it's going to have to get the... Some sort of stamp on the image, right? That she shows that she's been part of the show, but she's a bit, a bit of an A wall, but slightly different. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Makes and sense. And on a and on the on a return factor. Yeah. The man with the A wall is going to get a bit of another chance. Well, I think he probably should too. The Ashley yeah. Draper's coming back. The Ashley Draper's coming back. He is. I'm in shock now. Oh no! 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 Not he's banned. Oh, no, the band say, man. The band's man is coming back. <laughs> Well, AWOL. Rail's not AWOL anymore. No, he's alright. But um, I thought we'd have Ashley over for a bit of fun games and see how far we can get into it without winding him up. Because well, that'll be about it'll, two it'll be seconds only, then. It'll only be a one-off. A one-off. Because you'll have the craps by the end. Well, the minute we slag windows the first time, he'll be going. Let's welcome him back. Well, I think in we our should. Second, in the second half of our millennium. Right. Uh, the okay. Centurion. Are we? Uh, is that, is that are them? we getting all warm and fuzzy now, and you know, trying to undo past deeds or something? No, I just think it'd be a bit of a laugh. At yeah, that, I think it'd be a laugh too. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so, who's the new female talent? What? I don't know. Oh, well, I thought you had someone lined up. Well, I haven't got anyone. Oh, she looks up. all right. <laughs> but I tell you, Mark Webber might. Mark Webber. Well. Just before he got in the race car, Kylie gave him a kiss. Oh, yeah, there you go. But I just think that maybe we should get Kylie. Do you think that, like, well, didn't one sister already go for Jacques? Yeah, that was the other one, though. Yes, Danny. Yeah. I think the other one would yeah, be Danny. Silly, yeah. But yeah. knowing her luck, See, Kylie's knowing without... her luck in love, something might tragic might happen to our Mark. <laughs> he might win a race. Oh dear. Oh. You never know. It's a bit tough, isn't it? I mean, just, it is. Well, just, yeah. Too yeah. hard. Too hard to work it out. Too hard, all right, viewers, hard, thanks right. for listening to episode 51. Oh, there we go, we're all over. All Cheers, right. viewers. Good night. Good night.